Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business Podcast. Thank you all for uh, hopping on for another awesome episode. Uh, we're very we're, awesome. Episode. We're, we're, we're excited because uh, we, we have a we have a great guest, uh, a man I know very well. Uh, we were excited to wrangle him in. Uh, we are in the offices of Oxyfresh, uh, or Jonathan Barnett Enterprises, as it is also known as. Uh, really looking forward to uh, bringing Jonathan on in just a moment. But before we dive into that. Um, do you want to just go through a couple pieces of housekeeping? Uh, the first one being our text community is, you know, kind of taken off a little bit. Uh, Ryan has been uh, has been trumpeting it quite a, for for quite a while, but now we're starting to get some traction with it. So uh, for those who haven't uh, checked that out, please go to actually just go to the website because I'm terrible and I still don't have the the ten digit number to text. But Zach and I get these. We that's us. We text you back and forth. Um, go to modernbusiness.com, M-O-D-R-N business.com. There's a little button, click it. And if you're on a mobile phone, it'll actually pre-populate the text. And it's a super simple process. And if you're on desktop, it'll just ask for the little information. And basically, we decided to do, we're going to do a $250 Visa gift card giveaway uh, over the next week. So get subscribed now, and someone's going to be winning, and we're probably going to do a couple of more after that. And I think I have some wine that I should be giving away because I have bought 50 cases of wine that I still have yet to capitalize on. Uh, so we would like you guys to get subscribed. It's a way that you can give guest recommendations, topic recommendations, make fun of Zach, whatever you would like to do. Um, so, yeah, that's the text community. And then outside of that, uh, any other updates? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple other things that we want to hit on. Um, you know, the, the next guest that we're going to have on kind of illustrates the type of people we like to have at this conference, but we are going to be having Young Conference uh, in person. Uh, it is it is sponsored by the exact same people and brought to you by the same people that do Springboard and Unconference conferences that you guys uh, know and love and have been around for many years. Uh, Ryan and I are really the ones that are uh, the stewards of this particular one, but it is meant for uh, young franchisors, CEOs, C-suites, anybody of the like uh, that are looking to network with others. Uh, we find that this is kind of the best opportunity to create our version of franchises, YPO. Yeah, and I'll focus on all things innovation, marketing, operations, franchise developments, the next generation in franchising. We had a rock star lineup of people in person 2019, 2020. We had to do it virtually, but we're super pumped. We've said it a thousand times. The chapter's kind of turned. We're in the office today. The office looks great, by the way. You've got, you're building out and growing. We can chat about that. But uh, there's actually people here. And it's yeah. really cool to see. It's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun environment. And I think that that's, uh, that's a good segue uh, to actually introducing our next guest. Uh, as I said, uh, I've uh, spent quite a bit of time uh, with this man and I've learned a lot from him too. So really excited to have him on the show for the very first time. I have uh, Mr. Jonathan Barnett, the CEO of Oxford. Give you a little clap for the all right, entry. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Doing fantastic. Appreciate well, you guys uh, having me on the show and excited to share and have some fun with you guys. Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to it too. And I think that you know you do such a great job of telling your founding story. And I know I've heard this. Uh, I've heard this several times, but uh, it is a great one. And so I would love for you know for the folks that don't know. Uh, a bit about Oxyfresh, what it is, and then in addition to that, you know, a bit about the founding story and how you decided to, you know, drop everything and get into carpet cleaning. Perfect. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> like I, uh, like I say at the conference, I last conference we had, I said, hey, to our, we have about 440 locations uh, franchisees around the country, and I said, uh, raise your hand if if you dreamed of being a carpet cleaner, and not one person did. And 
neither did I. So, um, you know, <clears throat> I always wanted to be an entrepreneur growing up because I would I remember walking in and seeing my grandpa. He was inventing things, starting businesses. And I thought it is very inspiring and he could um, shoot for the dream, shoot for his dreams and so in his passions. And so um, I always wanted to be like that. Um, but my passion growing up uh, was raised with a single mom. She taught me how to work really hard. Um, my passion growing up was basketball and just the type of a mom that she was single mom raised me, got her undergrad graduate and doctorate degree while raising me. Um, I think when in um, her fifties, she ran 42 marathons in one year when she decided to run marathons. So she can be pretty 42 intense. In one year. 42, 42 in one year. And her, wow. her, yep. So, um, She's uh, run a hundred of them now, and her hundredth one had to be a hundred mile one. So she's um, she taught me how to work hard, and I give her a lot of props for that. And my grandpa gave me that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, but basketball um, is is something that was I, I was you gotta you gotta look, passion to me culture's king, and if you're passionate about something, that's that's the main thing. So for me, basketball is my passion. I was able to play Division One basketball, which is my dream. I sat the bench at Oral Roberts. They made it to the Sweet 16 this year, so that was pretty awesome. Yeah. But uh, sat, I sat the bench, and so I got pretty depressed. And that's when I realized um, my identity shouldn't be in basketball. But now in the business world, my identity is not in OxyFresh. Um, my, um, and so I, to, I encourage anyone out there to follow your passions. And, and, and what I learned from that experience was that your passions and what you um, want to achieve whether it's basketball or business, it should be to make an impact and in, in, in not, in not have your identity in it. So through that, I started a nonprofit uh, basketball that went overseas called Crossover. We did it for 10 years, took, took pro athletes and college athletes overseas, played against pro competition and did camps for kids, making a positive impact. I was not to, uh, able to um, fundraise that and make it self-sustaining. So that's how OxyFresh was actually formed was um, um, my why was I need to fund this nonprofit. And, you know, in, in college, I did some firework stands and uh, the first year slept in the stand, uh, you know, for two weeks in the hot summer in Oklahoma. And it was terrible. I jump acro go across the street in the Motel 6, jump in the pool to uh, take my shower for the day. Um, but uh, I, the next year I was like, I'm not doing that again. So I learned to let go to grow, which is one of the philosophies that we have here at OxyFresh is that your 100% isn't as good as five people's 80%, right? So <clears throat> so sometimes uh, some people don't want to let go because they can do it better themselves, but um, that's just kind of not our philosophy around here. So the next year I had a couple different stands and I had some youth groups running the stands, paid them 20% of the sales, but also gave them a whole bunch of fundraising Flyer. So it was a fundraising for the church, for the youth group, and our sales doubled. And I, and I was uh, swinging by collecting the checks, letting go to grow, and uh, letting, it was a win-win. So that kind of gave me the confidence whenever OxyFresh was time to start um, to go for it. I didn't dream of being a carpet cleaner, but my passion was crossover and uh, making an impact for youth. And so carpet cleaning was a way that I, you know, I, I saw – Technology, a computer used to be the size of a room, and now it fits inside your phone, or now it fits inside your pocket, right? So technology's changing, so is the cleaning industry technology. But people are so used to, you know. So <clears throat> anyways, 
we just are a company that embraces change and uh, we uh, we are a disruptor. We don't clean the traditional way, but we're technology based. And, um, you know, 16 years later, here we are at uh, 440 locations and it's been quite the journey. That's an awesome story. I actually haven't heard you tell it. Um, you and I, have, I've probably met you a couple times. We've spent a little time together, but the thing that you said about your backstory that resonates with me is I actually grew up, I played baseball, played college baseball for two years. I didn't go to D1. Um, I played at Texas Wesleyan and a lot of my, like early on, that's where I learned a lot of the work ethic. I was never the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, any of that, but I grinded and I learned and that's kind of a lot of my personal development and those things. And I was an all state catcher. I was really good and had a phenomenal pop time, all that. Um, but ultimately, I did also had the identity in that. So I just resonated a lot with what you said. It's it's kind of what shaped me early on. And so kudos to that. I was just glad to hear the story. But you kind of already alluded to it, talking about technology. And so when you look at how you guys differentiate, and I'll make this twofold, because I think it probably yeah. plays into the answer, how you guys differentiate and then how you're using technology to gain an edge. Because this is an industry that probably when you came into it, is it was a little fragmented. And you've built a very respected and a big brand in the space, but how do you differentiate? How do you use technology to gain an edge? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'd say pressure makes diamonds. So, um, hard times are not a bad thing. And so when we started off, um, my, the office was actually, uh, the basement of my apartment, which didn't have air conditioning, green carpet and orange countertop. And they used my student loan money to start it. But our, we would use, we, we had a, and I had an Excel spreadsheet for each location. So the Excel spreadsheet, I have different tabs. So it'd be like, the, I have to build out a calendar on one tab, jobs booked, their database on the tab, cancellations on a tab, reschedules on a tab, uh, price sheet on a tab, zones on a tab. So it was just these Excel spreadsheets. So every night I'd have to email the franchisees their spreadsheet, right? And I, and um, <clears throat> it was uh, terrible because uh, everyone had different prices and it was on, we were relying on people booking the jobs versus systems. And so, um, right when we got to about 70 units, this Excel spreadsheet thing, it, it, we were making, it was, it was so slow to book a job and so many errors were happening. We invested in building our own software. And so we, um, we, we, um, we've, we, it was built from looking at those Excel spreadsheets and from our hard times. And so we, we built our own CRM software and it, and it books jobs. And today it, it has a chat bot that can book live jobs. It has an online scheduler. About half of our jobs are booked um, online. And so technology, we just started to embrace it. And so a philosophy that we say is speed through systems. So now when a scheduling center books a job, they're checking boxes, three rooms, two halls, one staircase, and the, it knows the zip code of, the, of where that uh, franchise is located and it pulls their pricing, their duration of their, they can set their pricing, their duration on the jobs. They don't have to call us. They just set it. We're checking boxes, booking jobs so that they can focus on their business versus working in it. And as you saw in the call center right there, I mean, um, they're, they're slammed. So we're, we're, um, we had a record year last year, even with COVID and we're, we're exploding this year. And, um, so, you know, uh, we didn't know that we were going to be a technology company when we started. Um, but, through um, being open to adapt and embracing change, we quickly learned that to scale and to grow, we needed to turn into a technology company that cleans carpets. Absolutely. And I think that that definitely that ties into something that I do want to expand on a little bit. 
Um, and I think that the biggest aspect of it is, is that you guys do have a different way of cleaning. And so I want to dig into that a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Jonathan, because I think that that is something that we should certainly hit on. Yeah, so our number one uh, goal when we're cleaning, a, when we're doing a job is to make a lifetime customer and have a great customer experience. And so our average net promoter score across the country is around 83% right now. And and how, you know, we say water your lawns, not your carpets. So we'll do, we do, we use a technology-based system that is using the, the newest stuff. So we, our carpets dry in an hour, not in 24 hours. So we can get in, clean a hotel room and they can rent it out that night. We can clean an apartment and they can rent it out that night. We can, um, you know, clean somebody's house and when in an hour later the carpet's dry and it's soft and there's no chemicals, it's safe for kids and pets. So we just embrace the uh, being the world's greenest carpet cleaner. And um, that means that we're constantly evolving our product lines and, and being open to change. 100%. And I think that there is something that I want to piggyback onto that. You know, you, you mentioned something earlier is that you guys had the best numbers you've had, you know, in a long time, despite what was going on in the world. And I think that it's safe to say that every, a lot of home service businesses have had kind of a moment uh, last year and going into this year. And I think that that is due to the obvious because people are stuck in their homes, right? And I think that, you know, what, what I want to dig into a little bit more, if you wouldn't mind, is, is, you know, about, you know, what did your brand do and to actually capitalize, you know, on this, and why do you, aside from the from the demand that was obvious because people were just sitting around looking at their carpets, like I think it's time to, to do this. Um, well, <clears throat> so when COVID happened, obviously everything was completely shut down, and then so um, we didn't know quite what to do. So we did uh, automatically see almost no jobs, but then we were deemed essential because we we're a cleaning company. So. Then we had to communicate. And I say um, to be successful, it takes the two C's, communication and commitment. So you can be committed, but if you don't communicate, it doesn't matter. You can communicate, but if you're not committed, it doesn't matter. So the two combined um, is is what we say equals success around here. So we were um, doing weekly webinars and communicating. And one of the things that that we had to let the franchisees know is that they were essential. And um, we were going to have our scheduling center open. And because our our scheduling center is technology-based. Our, our reps, our phone systems, VoIP, and um, and and so we use franchise phones for that. And and uh, they were able to answer home, phones from home and and not not even know the difference. Now, um, you know, so a couple of things, other things that we had to do while we we're communicating is is we had to uh, find what the needs were out there. So letting the franchisees know that they were essential and they could stay open if they if they chose, but we were gonna be supporting them. But we we added a product, a, a hard surface disinfectant that's EPA certified that to kill COVID, we, we launched that. Um, we had a lot of franchisees that um, went and and did very well with that product. Um, you know, we also um, went heavily to digital marketing, which was something we've been pushing for a long time, but. You only on like, for example, cost or pay per click, you only pay if someone clicks and you only click if they're searching for it. So a lot of our competition, you know, fear, false evidences appearing real, um, uh, they stop marketing. And so we told our franchisees to start marketing even more with the pay per click, because if if someone wasn't searching it, they weren't going to have to pay for it. And what we found was the competition, since they got scared and stopped spending money on marketing, our cost per click dropped because there was less people bidding on those words. And so we actually um, 
our ROIs on our marketing got even better. Very nice. Very nice. Quick question about, you know, obviously you've mentioned that you guys built your own software um, from a from uh, the ground up to fit the business. And uh, there's a lot of data that's floating around. How are you guys leveraging data? And uh, do you have any any uh, AI? I see you're pulling up. You've got some business intelligence. But just talk about that topic in general and how you're leveraging data to help the franchisees be more successful or identify trends and all the above. Yeah, so um, we, we said we have a big, you know, people can have all opinions all they want, but you can't argue with data. So. Um, you know, we say um, we always have the philosophy have a data set to change a mindset. So whenever we present something to we'll do test pilot things and we have data. So when I was talking about the cost per click, we had data showing that franchisees that were doing their kept their their pay per click going. Um, they were actually getting more jobs for less money than they previously. So it was just a communication thing. So, um, you know, we're really big on data. Um, I had dinner with Gary Vaynerchuk a couple years ago and we kind of got into a little argument because he's a big on branding and pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. And I'm like, that's not, I, we don't do that. We, we're big on ROI. And, and he's like, you're a numbers guy. I go, yeah, I'm a numbers guy. I like to track ROI. So if you get to our website versus pay-per-click versus Google My Business versus just regular SEO, you might be on the same page, but the marketing code changes. And when our scheduling center books the job, it, it's tied to that code. So a franchisee actually has a real-time ROI, not just, oh, branding. So uh, I know branding is important, but that's just not our, we're, we're, we like to dial in and have ROIs and have data to back it up. So that way, if something's working, great. But if something's not working, we tell franchisees, hey, pump the brakes, this isn't working. Great example of that, we started Yellow Pages Crushed, 2006. Yellow Pages is the way you found things. 2021, not you're not going to find the yellow pages. So we would, you know, um, we, we would, we didn't wait to make that decision off of feeling. We had data to show it. Nice. Absolutely. And I think that that is one of my favorite things about the brand is that you guys have always, you know, you guys have always been awesome about lead attribution and understanding where everything comes from and, and why, and you're following consumer trends. And I think that, you know, especially you guys were able to be pretty nimble, I'm sure, uh, due to due to COVID because you had all these numbers and proof in the pudding and you were able to make some pretty, pretty awesome transitions, I would imagine. And so, you know, I, I do want to ask as it relates to the journey, because I'm sure that that changed a little bit. You know, one of the challenges that I think that every home services brand has is just being able to control what's happening in the last mile, right? I think that that's something that every brand and franchising struggles with, but especially with home services. You know, talk a bit about how you guys are managing that issue. And, you know, I know that you guys have some differentiating points in the last mile. So talk a bit about that with some of the tech. And when you say last mile, like, what can When somebody's arriving to actually do, to actually do a job, you know, you guys, you guys have always been really great at being able to communicate with people. They know when they're coming on time. Yeah. So, so that's a lot of our competition. They do windows. We don't. So we, um, we're really big on tracking, not what your, your, your average ticket just is, but what is your, what do you bring in? What is your sales per hour? So you could charge, you know, X amount per room. Um, but if, if, for example, if you're charging 50 bucks per room, which is expensive, but it takes you an hour to do a room, you got to pay your tech, you know, a good chunk of that versus if you can get three rooms in and they're 30 bucks a room in an hour, that's 90 bucks an hour. 
you, you can pay your take a less percentage. So, so we're big on efficiency. And so we, we put our, put our jobs, our software puts the jobs right close together. So that way they're not spending a lot of time driving, but they're spending time getting the job done so that we can focus on our sales per hour. So the franchisees labor cost can, uh, they can squeeze that extra job in every day and their labor cost percentage can be lower and the technicians can still make a good wage. And it's smart because I think at the end of the day, when, when you're looking at things like that, you know, when you have that lead time built in, sometimes it creates laziness. And I think that, you know, the fact that they're, when they're there, like they know exactly what they have to do the entire time, that's not what all brands do. And I know that that's always been your philosophy is ensuring that, you know, every moment in a day counts for the franchisee and your data says that too. And it's, it does count for the franchisee. And we do leave a little bit of room there for, you know, adjustments that need to be made on a job. However, um, it's not just about the franchisee. We we look at as our uh, brain as an upside down pyramid where we're serving here at the home office. We're serving the franchisees. The franchisees are serving the customers. So the customers are the, actually the most important thing. If we take care of them, everything will take care of itself. And so people are busy today and time is valuable. So having them, uh, we want them to call us back. It, they love that they can, they know, oh, one o'clock, they're going to be at one o'clock versus, oh, they're going to be here from 10 to 2 and you never know they, it, it ruins people's days and so like uh that, that's uh it's not just it's good it's it's a win-win for our franchisees and our customers yeah a hundred percent and you know you know what i want to i want to dive into it a little bit more with you as it relates to you know loyalty and you know the fact how you get customers to continue to come back and how you find new ones i'm sure that you know there was a major reset of that obviously during the pandemic but you know, being a home service business, you guys, you guys were lucky, right? I mean, a lot of people were looking around their homes and they're like, I, I need to redo that carpet. I've been meaning to do it for forever and I can't stop looking at it anymore. And so talk a bit about what you guys are doing to really take advantage of this opportunity to get all of these new people to be coming in that otherwise wouldn't have heard of OxyFresh. And then also, how are you getting people to continue to return as well? Any methods on that? Yeah. So, um, you know, um, I'll start with the repeat. So, um, you know, we, we, our software automatically emails our all of our customers twice a month, um, and it pulls from our CRM. It pulls the specials that that franchisee wants to offer automatically. So our franchise, we're constantly in front of the customers with with emails, but you know people don't check their emails as much as they used to. So we also have um, when franchise when a customer hasn't used us in X amount of months, a program that franchisees um, can opt into and. Um, and that's the thanks to Transitive, which is a huge technology company. Um, they uh, they will get an um, display ads will show up about you know about a hundred impressions a month, um, and and they'll get um, eight month eight months after their cleaning, they will get a digital display ad showing up, and it's very very cost effective. If they book before that eight months off of the email, it restarts. At month nine, an automated postcard goes out and it will have their last cleaning date. It'll have the coupons on there with a marketing code and it will say it's, it's been nine months since you're cleaning. It's, you're due for a kind of like due for an oil change, but due for a car cleaning. So it's, we're staying in front of them um, multiple ways, email, dig, uh, display, as well as uh, postcard automated programs. And we have other things we do as well. So keeping the repeat business is obviously important. And none of that would even be possible if we didn't do a good job in the home. So it starts with how we answer the phone. It starts with the customer experience, being on time, getting the stains out and being efficient. Um, and, you know, everything has changed. Uh, I get, now, if we switch gears to getting new customers, it used to be, um, I would call it push marking, where you have to push out a lot of, you know, 
you know, back in the early 1900s, you would go to the, the, everyone knew who the butcher was, who had the good meat. If he was bad, no one would go there anymore. It was word of mouth. Then advertising came out and you could just over market. You could just do more advertising in the newspaper. And if you sucked, you could still get new customers because you could just over advertise. Now people are, aren't, you push marketing as, as a, you know, we used to do newspaper in church. We used to do radio. We used to do TV, but now it's pull. So people are searching for what they need and they, tr- people today trust reviews more than they trust advertisements. So instead of word of mouth, we call it world of mouth. And so we are big on getting reviews. If you uh, just Google carp cleaning quote, anywhere in the country, we're on the first page with over 208,000 reviews. Um, and so we, uh, reviews are king. And um, you don't get good reviews unless you unless you do a good job. So, yeah. So, are there any ways that you are asking for that through technology, whether it's a follow up text message? Uh, how are you getting? Obviously, it starts with doing a great job. But are you asking? Uh, you know, are there, are, do you have automated ways where you're asking for those reviews? Because obviously, that plays into the greater SEO strategy. But reviews are king, absolutely in your business, especially. But any other ways that you're asking for that? Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's different types of reviews, but they're used on our website. Come from um, our software. Our software automatically, uh, without the franchisees have to do anything, the day after the jobs are completed, uh, a survey goes out, and then that survey then. Um, is pulled into our software and then spit back out to our website um, every hour. So it'll go to the uh, filters by zip code and it goes to the correct city page, the review automated. So the franchisee, while they're sleeping, the emails are going out, the reviews are going out and it's posting to their local website. As far as getting the reviews on Google, that's on the franchisee. We, we, We encourage that heavily, whether it's Google, my business, Facebook or Yelp, um, all of those, you know, they, those are proactively, uh, they need to get those. And we haven't, we don't automate that and send that. That's, that's something that's more of a personal touch. Got it. Outside, cause, because you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk, I hosted him on the podcast in 2019 before he went and keynote, did his keynote speech. And I completely agree with your thesis at the end of the day, and especially for the franchisees, they care about getting, like, getting jobs done, booking appointments, what's the ROI. Um, outside of paid ads, though, is there anything that you're doing on social? Um, you already talked about reputation. Is there anything that you're that you're doing uh, on that side of the house just to have? It's almost like validation, like in franchise development, you have validating franchisees, which helps get in more. And a lot, oftentimes, people are checking reviews, they're checking website, they also go to the social, the social pages. Do you find any value in that? It yeah. Works- so for every we have for every location we. You know, we every location we manage the franchisees, Facebook, they each have their own Facebook page for each location, <clears throat> Google My Business for each location, the Yelp for each location, and it all matches what's on their city page on our website. And, um, yeah, I mean, we uh, we also do a lot of Facebook advertising, and we've built our chatbot that we've built with uh, with with Transitive. Um, it... it um, is on our website. It can book real jobs. Jobs is the chatbot's name's Bubbles. So we let you know right away that it's not a human. It's name's Bubbles, and I'm Bubbles, and I'm here to book a job, check availability, or give you a quote. And that same chatbot, we plug it into Facebook Messenger. So in our franchisee, do Facebook ads, and they click say learn more. The the um, chatbot Bubbles pop up, and 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 um, Facebook Messenger pops up, and it will book you all the way through without you having to talk to a human. I love that. 
That's very funny, and I love the name too. I didn't. I never. I never knew that, but it totally makes sense. Um, I want to switch gears into something, uh, Jonathan. You know, I know that you guys have obviously had you know a pretty um, impressive amount of growth since the time since you actually founded the business. Uh, you know, being at 440 units is obviously no joke. Uh, so, talk a bit about you know as you kind of look at the franchise development landscape out there right now. You know, talk a little bit about you know what you're seeing in terms of the trends that you have. You know, a lot of people are a lot of big money is getting into home services right now, and so a lot of people are really looking to get into that industry because of what's going on and because of the great year it just had. You know, talk a bit about what you're seeing out in the world and why people should you know sift through all that and go with OxyFresh over everything else. You know, I, I can't say you should go with OxyFresh over something else because I feel like you got to go with something that fits your passion. Now, with OxyFresh. We have owner operators and as well as we have multi-unit that are non-owner operators. We have single units that are non-owner operators. So we really allow you to own a business, not a job with our model. Um, It's not like a Chick-fil-A where you have to work inside your your job. We we want this business to be a vehicle that helps achieve your, serves you to help you achieve your dreams and goals. It, 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 you know, like we said in the beginning, no one dreamed of being a carpet cleaner. Uh, but but whatever your dreams and goals, more time with your family, unlimited income potential, uh, building this business to give it to your kids or to sell it someday. All those are, are reasons, you know, why I would say you would join OxyFresh. But um, there's 4,000 different brands out there uh, in, in, in the franchising space and um, only 3% of them get to over 100 units in their first 10 years. And, um, you know, we got to over 200 and something in our first 10 years. So, um we are a fast growing franchise. We are technology based, but there are a lot of great brands out there. I would encourage anyone that is looking into buying a franchise, whatever brand they're looking at, is spend a lot of time t- calling the franchisees in that system to um, learn from, to hear um, how they like, how they enjoyed it. It's not always just about the money. It's you can make a lot of money and be miserable. Um, so um, with us, we want you to make a lot of money, but we also want you to enjoy life. So, you know, it's one of our values. Our values here are keep it fresh, friendly, respectful, ethical, superior service. And the last one is have fun. And as you know, we love to have fun here at the Oxford Fresh Culture. Yes, they certainly do. I love it, man. Um, if we've enjoyed your time. Uh, kind of one thing that I want to ask as we probably move to close, sometimes we'll chit chat back and forth for a lot longer when I say that. But um, as you look to the future, uh, you talked about a lot of really cool stuff, things that a lot of even very successful brands don't have in place. And you have your pulse on all different types of technologies and human behavior and all that. But as you look for the future, any major plans, initiatives, or things that you see that just excite you as opportunities? Yeah, um, um, I love where technology is going and how AI, we're, we're integrating a lot with AI and, you know, digital fingerprints and, you know, um, you visit our site, we can retarget you with a bucket of different uh, display ads. And if you have pets, you're, it'll just automatically have pets on the ads. If you uh, are, you know, have, uh, you know, drink a lot of wine, maybe it's wine. It, it knows, it knows, uh, I think Google calls it your GCLID code. And so, uh, we're not have that fully implemented yet, but I just love, uh, I love, we are a company that embraces change. And so I um, am very excited about the foundation that we have, and but I'm more excited about seeing where it's going to go. That's killer. Absolutely, us too. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of where, of being able to actually use 
some of the, I mean, for instance, I'm sure that I'm sure that my family's ads would all have wine on it. So that totally <laughs> makes sense. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely cool to hear that you guys are doing that because that's where things are going with marketing. I mean, it is a little bit, it's a little bit weird to think about that, you know, because but, I, but I, I see when people say that and also with the whole data thing, it's like I, I want to be served ads and I want to see things that I resonate with. Because we have to. Because it's we weird though, but like it, in the future, you're going to walk into, let's say, the, whatever the burrito shop is called, um, right? And uh, if you like Mountain Dew, the ad behind the screen will be Mountain Dew and, it'll, yep. and, uh, and, yours, will, and yours will be Pepsi. So, and, and how it's going to as a facial recognition. So when you go into Whole Foods and you look up, you know, Amazon bottom, if you look, there's cameras everywhere and they're studying behavior and, and they're, you know, they, they don't tell you who the person is, but that, they, that person has a digital fingerprint. And so they can somehow say it's, it's a uh, privacy laws is okay, but it, that, that code, you have one, everyone has one and it, you can upload that into CRMs and automatically it will display what that consumer wants because Google at the end of the day, they want to serve what you want, what the customer wants. And so they're, I mean, they're, they're ahead of all this. And um, I feel like we're in a great space because we're technology based. We can embrace this a lot faster than our competition. How, so you've mentioned some partners and we were just with the transitive folks yesterday. We had, and we'll be again tonight. And, and tonight. But when you mention when you mention those things, how much of that is is you know your team in the trenches? You know, are, are you handing the playbook to the franchisees? Or are you doing this on behalf of them? And how much of that are you leaning on third party partners versus your internal team? Because a lot of people, you're in a baseline. I feel like that a lot of brands listening, like they have a lot of work to do just to get to the baseline of where you're at. But just talk a little bit about that, and then we can move to close. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're big on the philosophy of um, letting go to grow and um, being turnkey. So we're, instead of spending a lot of our time educating the franchisees on, because technology is changing so fast on everything, how it's changed so fast, we're going to connect them with vendors that um, are doing that. And all they have to do is set their budget with that vendor. And it's our job to make sure we have the right vendors to for the franchisees can flip the switch on and they'll manage the pay-per-click campaign. They'll manage the, the Facebook ads campaign. They'll manage the auto postcard campaign and, and versus the franchisees have to do all that. And so we're big on letting go to grow and, and allowing the franchisees to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is working on their business versus being stuck working in it. Love it, man. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Zach, anything uh, by way of closing? No, I mean, I, we really appreciate the time that you've given us today. I think that it's uh, it's great when I've seen you speak many, many times before, but it's always really awesome to be able to obviously see it and have it selfishly on our on our podcast waves. So we, we appreciate the time and we're looking forward to hopefully seeing you a little bit more soon. I know you're a busy man. You've got many children running around, but uh, we're, we're happy that you could donate. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my wonderful, beautiful, amazing wife, Vanessa, which is the most supportive. She supports me in every every way you can think of. And, you know, we, we are going to be having our fourth child in the last five years uh, coming up here this October, a total of six kids in our in our home and a beautiful family. My wife is a rock star. And so I want to make sure and give a shout out to her. Um, they say the man might be the head of the house, but the woman's the neck, and she turns that head however she wants. And she's she's uh, she's definitely um, allowed me to. She just encourages me to just do my best every day and and live my dreams. I love it, man. She is the best. I do have to agree. Um, but thanks again, Jonathan. We really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to hopefully spending some more time with you soon. You bet. Cheers.
Cheers. Cheers.